Um, so John introduced us uh, to our series at the moment, This Is Us. And so over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking uh, about our vision and values at Hope Church Lytham. And we first, first spoke about these at the start of 2020, um, but we felt like now was a good time to kind of go through these again. There's been a lot of new people have joined the church since then. And so it's yeah just good for us to kind of uh, refocus and see who we are and what we're about. Um, so yeah, so John introduced the vision, which is love God and love people, and that really underpins everything that we do. And then last week, he introduced us to the values. So he looked at the first value, which is pursuing the heart of God. We have to be in a relationship with God where we spend time with him, listen to him, rather than us always just offloading our problems. We want that two-way relationship where we listen and hear from God as well. And we need to rest in God's presence so that our souls find rest and we can walk in that confidence that God loves us and knows us. And then we need a revelation of God's love for us to deepen our relationship with him. Uh, And then today we're looking at finding our God-given purpose, which is our second value. And then we've got three more, which are bringing hope to the community. So that's our outworking of God's love to bring hope to our surrounding areas. Um, We've got restoring the brokenhearted, which is about bringing hope in a more of an emotional and a spiritual way. Um, Just seeing people made right in their relationship with God and experiencing healing. And then we've got creating a culture of generosity. So we're generous in all that we do and say to see God's kingdom come. So they, they are our five values. And part of the reason why we're doing this is because we had a team's night and, and there was a lot of confusion about what the values and vision were. And so we just want to make it really clear that this is what we stand for. This is Hope Church. This is us. And it all comes under the vision of loving God and loving people. So if you have missed um, either of John's previous like the introduction or last week of the first value then I really encourage you to um, pick up pick that up on the podcast um, so that you can be up to date with all that we're talking about so yeah today we're talking about the second value which is helping people find their God-given purpose and um, so we, before we look at this in detail we're uh, looking at Romans 12 1 to 8 so I'm going to read this from the ESV um, but as we go through, I'll, I'll be reading as well from the Passion Translation. Um, I just think it's really good to have more than one translation. It gives you a different kind of perspective as to what's going on. So I, I often do that in my Bible reading. So this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Rome, and he's painting a picture of what church should look like in terms of serving God and serving the body of Christ. So he says... I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, 
the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So these verses here are talking about the gifts that God gives us. But before Paul even gets into that, he starts by ensuring that we have the right attitude towards serving God. He tells us that our service to the church and beyond should be a response to God's love for us. He appeals to us to live a life that is a constant outlet of worship to him. And it reminds us that everything we do is to reflect God and show our love towards God. So the Passion Translation, verse 1 says, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvellous mercies? To surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices, and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart, for this becomes your genuine expression of worship. So it's only in worship, in pursuing the heart of God, like John talked to us about last week, that we can find our God-given gifts and our overall purpose in this life. Paul says we're to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, so our attitude should be one of giving our all to God. But it's especially important that this comes out of our love for God and not out of duty. God also wants us to be transformed from the inside out. Again, that can only happen in pursuing him so that we're able to figure out what God's will is for us. We need to be constantly bringing our attention to focus on God. We need to daily renew our minds, as it says in verse 2. God's will for us is made known to us when we have that relationship with him and we seek his heart. I think sometimes we can get a little bit confused when we use this phrase, God's will, God's will for our lives. And we can kind of get a bit bogged down and lost in all the detail. And so I don't necessarily think that God's will is about things like how many kids you'll have or what job you should have or, you know, those kind of really specific things. But I think that God's will is more about knowing who we are and living that out. You know, we often see God's will as something out there that we need to reach out for and attain to and, and just find. But what if we were to stop looking out there for a path that God wants us to take and start looking inwardly at the way God has made us to be? Romans 12 verse 2 says that if we renew our minds, starting within us, being transformed to become more like Jesus, then we will know what God's will is. And again, the Passion Translation says, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. So relationship with God is absolutely key to finding our gifts and purpose and it starts with a change of our hearts and minds. If we pursue the heart of God, we'll naturally be walking in his will in everything that we do and say. But God also gives us spiritual gifts and using those gifts means that we're living within God's will. Your gift is always in harmony with God's will because it's a gift that God has given you. It's a tool for you to use and it's to be able to live within his will and purpose for your life. So if this is true, then our emphasis shifts from finding out God's will in terms of things I should be doing with my life to discovering my God-given gifts 
and abilities and using them to glorify God in everything that I do. So finding and implementing your spiritual gifts leads to fulfilling God's will. And this is really good news because it means that there isn't just one path, so you can't mess up. There's so many different options. It doesn't mean that if you miss it, then that's it, game over. But it means that as long as we are pursuing the heart of God and using our God-given gifts and abilities, that we are always in line with God's will for our lives, and that can show itself in a million different ways. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And I like the Passion Translation of this verse as well, where it says, Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. So without us getting into this uh, predestination debate, I don't want to go there, but uh, the one thing that is clear is that God had a purpose for you before you were born. God created you and he knows you and he's got a plan for you and has had since the beginning of time. He's given you gifts and abilities and passions to live within his will and within his purpose for your life. So we need to be using our time to find out what God has given us as individuals, the gifts and abilities that he's given us to be able to walk in and fulfill God's overall plans for our life. So this core value of, of Hope Church is helping us to do just that. It discovers our unique gifts and it equips us and it helps us to use our gifts and find purpose in our lives. In 1 Peter chapter 4, it lists some of these gifts and it says, Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So again here, Peter is emphasising that we use our gifts to glorify God in everything that we do and that we are. We strive to use our gifts well and with excellence for his glory. But I also find it interesting that just before this, he says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. So we use our gifts to show love to one another. We show love and grace when people get things wrong. And we also work together using our individual gifts to try and get things right together to serve God well. So we use our gifts to show that we love God but it also shows that we love people. The human body functions best when all the parts of it are first of all present and working together. It's the same with the body of the church. We need to first of all be present to use our gifts. And second of all, we need to be working together in unity. God gives each one of us a function and a role to play within the body of the church, and none of these is more important than another. You might be a little toe, which might feel fairly insignificant. Nobody really thinks about the little toe, do they? But without a little toe, the body becomes out of balance, and it might even fall over, and that affects everything. So if we really consider this for a moment, that little toe, it doesn't really have any effective muscles in it, 
It, but if you lean, lean off balance and start to fall, your little toe, it sends signals to your brain that says, out of balance, and then the brain can send signals to the muscles to put you right again. But there's a risk that the whole body will fall without the little toe. And without a little toe, the rest of the body has to work harder to keep things in balance. People who have lost their little toes in accident have found that they've had to relearn to walk again and that they can't do this too fast because they will fall. So whatever role you have within the body, you are needed and you are important. And without you, it sets us off balance. It affects everything. Romans 12, verse 4 to 5, in the Passion Translation says, In the human body there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so it is in the body of Christ. For though we are many, we've all been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we are all vitally joined to one another, with each contributing to the others. I love that, we are vitally joined to one another. You are vital in the part that you play in the body of this church and the overall body of Christ. The idea of unity in the body and using our gifts is also talked about in Ephesians 4, where Paul says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And then later in 15 and 16, he says, Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So when we work together, each using the gifts that God has given us, the body grows and develops. Just as a human body grows and develops when it's taken care of. And if each different part is exercised and used for the purpose that it was created, then it benefits the body as a whole. Growth is inevitable. And here, there is also an emphasis on keeping our character in line with God. We are to show humility with God as our primary focus. You may remember a few months ago, we had some friends of ours who um, came and uh, they led worship and they preached for us. So we had Mark and his daughter, Addie, um, leading worship together, both on guitars. And, um, and then they preached for us as well. And Addie led a couple of these songs with her, her gentle, beautiful voice. And um, it was a really powerful moment of worship as she led. And she just sang out with confidence. And so I, I chatted to her later on about this and I told her, you know, I was just encouraging her saying, you've got a really beautiful voice, keep going with it. And, you know, it was just amazing what you do. And, and her response kind of surprised me a little bit um, because she just said, well, I was prophesied when I was a baby that I was going to be a worship leader. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, OK, well, great. It was almost like she didn't need my encouragement. Um, she, she just knew what God had created her to be, and she was walking in what God had called her to do. Um, and she, you know, she, in her mind, it was just, it was a done deal from being a baby. This is what she was made for. And so she spent her life diligently seeking and obediently seeking what God had for her and just taking each step um, towards that. So she, you know, she learned guitar and she 
took hold of opportunities that were presented to her um, to be able to lead in this way. And at the age of 15, she's a very competent worship leader. I just think that's incredible. But she knows that God has given her the gifts and abilities to be successful in that role. She knows that that is what God has called her to do. So that there is someone who knows what she's good at and she walks in it. She didn't come across as arrogant at all when she was saying, you know, of course, this is what I'm doing. But she just simply knew that she was there to lead worship and she knew that she could do it well. But as an aside, I think it's important that when we receive prophecies over our lives that we take action. You know, she didn't just sit back and, and you say, you know, one day God's going to make me a good worship leader and, and do nothing about it. She, she took that step. She learned guitar. She's practiced um, hundreds of hours in her bedroom to be able to get up in front of people and confidently sing and lead people in worship. So we also need to take up the opportunities presented to us. We need to learn and grow into what God has called us to be. But I think perhaps I was taken a little bit by surprise by Addie's reaction because we have a bit of a, a British culture, don't we, where it's one extreme or the other. We either really do ourselves down and we believe that we're rubbish at everything and you know question our abilities, or we go to the other extreme where we puff ourselves up to be a lot bigger than we actually are and uh, can come across as quite arrogant. And I think sometimes we do that to hide our insecurities, don't we? But Addie, she just simply knows who she is in God and she walks in it. And I think that's what true humility is all about. So when we discover the spiritual gifts that God's given us, we can live it out just as Addie does. We can say with confidence, this is what I've put, been put on this earth for. This is what I'm here to do. And through God and his help, I can do it well. So verse 3 in the Passion Translation puts it this way. It says... God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. Instead, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as the standard of measurement. And then you will see your true value with an appropriate level of self-esteem. So it's our desire that each of you would see your true value because you are valuable. And also that you would see yourselves with an appropriate level of self-esteem, that you would know that you were made for something great, but also remain humble within that, acknowledging God as the one who gives you your gifts and abilities. So our attitude needs to be one of knowing who we are and whose we are, knowing that God has placed me here for a reason with these gifts and abilities, with these passions and desires, and then confidently working from that place. And I think we also need to be aware of comparing ourselves to others. There can be an element of thinking that your purpose or role is not as impressive as someone else's. And we need to stay clear of that as well. 1 Corinthians 12, 4-6 says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. And then verse 18 says, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. 
And I'd really encourage you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 because it's got a whole load of stuff about the gifts that God has given us and how they all work together for his purposes. But there's no sense in us comparing or being jealous of another person's spiritual gifts because God chose you for the gift that he gave to you. He chose to give you those passions and desires of your heart and he chose you to fulfill that specific purpose. We've already talked about the importance of the little toe. You know, every part of the body has a role to play and is all equally important in coming together. So let's look again at Romans 12, 6 to 8 in the Passion Translation. It says, God's marvellous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. So if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, you must activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. If your grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving others well. If you have the grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, then use it often to encourage others. If you have the grace gift of giving to meet the needs of others, then may you prosper in your generosity without any fanfare. If you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And if you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. So this section in Romans here is talking about practicing our gifts with passion and enthusiasm. But before we get onto that, there's this little part that says using the proportion of faith you have. Or in verse 3, it says, use your gifts each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So what is this saying? Well, I think that this is recognising that we're each on a journey. We, uh, we're not, we've not all made it yet. And we're gradually walking out our purpose and our faith is gradually getting bigger and bigger as we start to use our gifts. So if I can show you how this has worked out in my own life. When I was about 20, there was a, a spiritual gifts course that they ran at my church and I did that. And I, uh, I scored highest on shepherding which is equivalent to um, being compassionate for people, showing compassion for people. And then more recently, when I've done a spiritual gifts questionnaire, my top um, gifts come out as shepherding again and also teaching. So my passion and heart has always been for young people. So I kind of put all these together and that's kind of sums up my journey and, and where I've been. So the gift of shepherding is about caring for the needs of others and wanting to see them grow spiritually and emotionally. And so when I was um, 12, I was no longer young enough to be in the holiday club, but I loved being with the kids and loved working with kids. So I was a helper in the, holiday, in the summer holiday club that they ran in my church from the age of 12. I, I came alongside another adult and, and helped them in that. Um, and then... Yeah, because I was no longer allowed then. So then I became a helper working alongside um, another group. When I was 16, I led my own small group in the holiday club. They let, me, they let me loose then when I was 16, after a few years of doing it with someone. And then I started to help in the youth club for age 11 to 14 and began to lead a Sunday school group. So by the time I was 18, I'd already got six years of experience of working with, with children and young people. And so I was able to help run the church youth club. 
Um, and as you know, I've got several roles in the church as well, and they fall into this category of shepherding and teaching. I write and teach the kids' curriculum that they do out there in, on a Sunday morning. I'm obviously standing here teaching you now. I oversee the pastoral care of the church, which uh, me and Leslie are working on at the moment. And I'm the safeguarding lead. I also work part-time now as a, a teaching assistant. But I didn't come to all these roles straight away. Like I couldn't have walked in at age 20 or you know, a little bit younger into all of these roles. This has been a gradual journey from me being 12 years old to helping out with kids groups to now coming up to a point where I'm overseeing and leading the, the, kids, and the kids curriculum here. But my education choices have also been impacted by my passions and desires and my spiritual gifts. So I've studied in education and counselling and psychology, not because this fitted in with my God-given gifts and passions, not because I did a questionnaire and shepherding came up, none of that even crossed my mind, but just because that's what I was passionate about and that's how God made me. I was naturally drawn to those areas. But it has been a journey. I didn't suddenly find out what my gifts were at the age of 20 and then become a church leader with all the roles and responsibilities that that brings. I would have floundered, I would have failed if I'd have been put straight into those roles. But God has put me on a gradual progression and um, given me lots of training grounds to reach the purpose that he's set out for me. So it's only at this point in my life, after 30 years of serving in the church, years of discovering who I am, discovering how best to use my God-given gifts and passions, that I can now step into the next phase of the purpose that God has called me to. And at the start of my journey, I didn't have the same proportion of faith as I have now. My faith has grown alongside my ability to use my gifts. My faith has grown as my relationship with God has deepened. I've seen him moving in my life. I've seen him use me to support others, and that's given me a new confidence to take the next step and step into all that God's calling me to do. That doesn't mean I'm there either. My faith is still growing. I'm still taking steps. I'm still moving forward. I've definitely not made it, but it's all connected and it's all related. And we appreciate that here, everybody is at a different point on that journey. You might have been a Christian for six months, so we wouldn't expect you to then get up and preach next week. It's not how it works. But that might happen in the future, and it's our job to help you and guide you and give you those opportunities to keep growing. It's our job to give you the opportunities to practice your gifts and your abilities from where you are now. And we want to just encourage you to take that next step in your, next step in your faith. So we all need to practice and use our gifts in order to see them grow. We need to take action to develop in our roles and we need to take the next step. And to do this and to keep going with it, the passion side of it is so important. If we're not passionate about using our gifts, then we won't last long at all. God gives us a passion and desire in line with our gifts to ensure that we have the motivation to keep going with it. As I said to you, I've been working with children for 30 years and I still want to carry on working with children and young people. You know, that's, that's a bit bonkers, isn't it, really? But God has given me that passion and desire that I still want to do that. And if we end up serving in an area that we're not at all passionate, passionate about, then that just leads to us feeling frustrated and confused. And we lose our motivation to serve in that way. 
But when we know what our gifts are and we're placed within the right role, then that frustration is removed. We serve from a place of passion rather than from duty, and it's a whole lot easier to serve. It's not to say that serving will always be easy, because it won't. We're all imperfect people, and we work alongside other imperfect people. So there's definitely going to be aspects of serving that we don't enjoy or that we'll find difficult. But we are to be living sacrifices and do our best for God and each other in any way that we can. But if we are not overall passionate about the role that we serve in, then it will be much harder work. Ecclesiastes 3 says, I perceived that there is nothing better for man than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. So it's actually God's gift to us that we enjoy the work that he has given us to do and equipped us to do. God wants us to feel passionate about serving him and living out the purpose that he's given us with enthusiasm and joy. So if you're not passionate about your role here, I would suggest that either you're serving in the wrong place or perhaps you've lost sight of your first love of God. We shouldn't be serving as a chore or a duty, but our service should be seen as a privilege and an honour to serve God using the gifts that he's given us to do. We serve an incredible God who works everything together and he gives us each a unique part to play in his body. As I say, it won't always be easy, but our overall attitude should be one of loving God and being willing to do anything for him. Our attitude is so important. So I want you to ask yourself, what are the motives behind doing what you do? Do you come to God daily and serve out of your love for him as it should be? Or is it more of a sense of duty to God or duty to the church? Is it out of love for a person or a group of people? And it is important to love people, but that has to come out of an overflow of first loving God. So we've been looking at Romans 12, 1 to 8, but just after this, in verses 9 to 13, Paul says, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honour. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. So at the start of chapter 12, we've got Paul telling us to live a life of sacrifice to God and show our love for God. And the part I've just read tells us also to love people as well, as well as serving God. And that's sandwiched around spiritual gifts and service. And I don't think that that's a coincidence because the outworking of our love for God and our love for people is shown through using our spiritual gifts to serve God and to love people. We need to discover and then use our gifts to be able to serve and love God and to be able to serve and love people. And that's what we're all about. That is why the church exists. We want to show love and we want to be needed in our community and the pe- by the people around us. We want to impact people. We want to change lives. We want to make a lasting impact. The overall purpose of every follower of Jesus is to love God and love people and you have a part to play in that. You have a unique set of passions, abilities, and God-given gifts and talents to fulfill a role and a purpose within that bigger picture. 
So many of you here will have completed a shape questionnaire and had a meeting with either John or myself to figure out the best role for you within Hope Church. So if you've not done that, then I would really encourage you to come and speak to me. I have brought some questionnaires. I'm feeling optimistic. I've brought some with me. So if you would like to do that, then please come and speak to me. Or even if it was a long time ago that you filled one in and you don't feel that you're currently in the right role within church, then please also come and have a chat with me. But the SHAPE questionnaire, if, if you've not done one before, it figures out your spiritual gifts and passions. Um, it was first designed by Rick Warren, who um, did a series called What on Earth Am I Here For? And we've adapted his questionnaire to fit in with our church, and we use it to, to discover your shape, your, your place in this church. So the word SHAPE is an acrostic, and it stands for Spiritual Gifts, which are your God-given gifts, such as teaching, administration, giving, evangelism, things like that. The H is for heart, which tells us what you're passionate about and the people group that you care about most. The A is for abilities, which look at your natural talents, your skills, your hobbies, things like that. The P is personality, so that looks at how you would put these gifts into action and where you're best suited to serve. And then the E is for experience, which looks at your life experience, um, your employment and ministry experiences. And we put all of that together to kind of find the best role for you. And it paints an overall picture of who God made you to be and what you were put on this earth for. So we really hope to be able to give you an opportunity to practice and use your gifts. Whether that's through serving inside this church or outside the four walls. Um, doing shape interviews is part of my gifting and passion, and I love doing them. Um, it brings a real kind of warmth in my heart when I, when I have chats with people and find out more about them and the background and, uh, and finding a place for people and a role in the church. Um, I recently did a shape interview with someone who responded, I'm so glad you picked up on that. I wouldn't have thought of that. You're really good at this. <laughs> and I just get really excited when people find and see what God has created them for. It, it really brings excitement to me. So I just want to thank you all for uh, the ones of you that have done the SHAPE questionnaires and gone through that process. I know that the majority of people in this church are serving and are just fulfilling amazing roles. And, you know, we couldn't do church without you. And so we really appreciate all that you do and all the effort that you put in. So a big thank you from us. And I know that there are some people in this congregation who don't necessarily serve within the church, but they are living as the hands and feet of Jesus every day in their families and with their neighbours and their friends. And I just want to say you're amazing too. And we just want to recognise that you're awesome. <laughs> I'm going to stop now because I'll cry. <laughs> but even if you have a little time to offer, I just really encourage you to come and pick up a shape questionnaire. You know, if you call this place your home and you feel that God is prompting you to start serving and helping out, then yeah, come and chat with me afterwards. Um, if I just want to, I'm just going to highlight a couple of areas of lack that we, we're currently struggling with. So um, the, in the worship team, particularly the sound and media, um, we could do with a few more people kind of being taught how to, how to use the sound desk and to put the words up on the screen. Um, we, we're kind of lacking in that area. Um, we could really do with some help with our admin and finance. Currently, John and I share the majority of the admin um, and, you know, our time is better spent elsewhere. 
um, for want of a better phrase. So if, if that's something that you feel that you can do then and, and feel slightly passionate about, that's a difficult one, isn't it? Like, you know, a lot of people can do admin but not necessarily passionate about it. But, you know, we appreciate the extra help. And then finally, the kids and youth, which is obviously the one I'm, I'm mostly passionate about, so definitely do that one. Um, but we, we currently have a team of three people that take care of our kids, and we have preschool age right up to high school, and they're all in one group together. And so it is my desire to be able to split that into two groups so that we can just teach them um, you know, more age-specific teaching. Um, so if any of those areas kind of, you, f you feel a little, oh yeah, I could do that, then yeah, come and have a chat with us. Okay, so I'm going to finish by reading again Romans 12, 1 to 2 in Passion Translation. It says, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvellous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices, and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. So let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the absolute privilege of being able to serve you. Thank you that you give us gifts to equip us to serve you well and gifts that enable us to live in your will and live a beautiful life. I pray for each person here that they would experience more of your love, that they would know that you are for them and that you have a plan and a purpose for them. I pray that you would make it clear to each individual what they've been placed on the earth for and that you would help us to love each other and work together in unity to see your overall purposes come to fruition. I pray for those who've been serving for a long time already that you would reignite their passions and give them a new enthusiasm for serving you. And thank you for each person in this church who already serves and plays a role in your kingdom. And we ask that you would give us wisdom and the courage to step into all that you've prepared and planned for us to do here at Hope Church and beyond these four walls. Amen.